Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, James Harden definitely made his feelings clear toward GM Daryl Morey. We have Woj standing by with the implications and what they may be on the All-Stars future in Philadelphia. And Team USA impressed over the weekend with two more exhibition wins ahead of the FIBA World Cup. Are they poised for a gold? Danny Green, he breaks it all down for us. Plus, speaking of this weekend, the Hall of Fame Class of 2023 was enshrined on Saturday. Don't miss my interviews with both Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today alongside the one and only Adrian Wojnarowski, Bobby Marks, Danny Green is in studio. I'm Malika Andrews and we start today's show with the 76ers because our Woj reported this weekend that the Sixers, they were taking Harden off of the market. That's despite his demands to be traded. So today, Harden spoke at an event in China. Take a listen. is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Yeah. Thank you, okay, so we wanted to make sure he was so clear that he said it twice. Daryl Morey is a liar, he said, and he does not want to be any part of an organization that Daryl Morey is at the helm of. So, Woj, how did we get here? Listen, this goes back to late June. Uh, James Harden uh, opting into the last year of his contract, $35.5 million, instead of going into free agency negotiating a long-term extension with uh, the Sixers. And essentially, I think James Harden and his agent decided, believed at that time, they were not going to get the kind of extension that they wanted, which was a longer term, right. closer to max money. And so they opted into the deal, uh, which then uh, allowed him to be traded and told told the Sixers, trade us, uh, trade him to the Clippers. Mm. Sixers really have not had any real interest in trading James Harden. They can't get value for him back. Uh, that continues to allow them, allow them to be a contender and essentially... Uh, they pulled them off the market on Saturday. They called the Clippers, told them, uh, we're not going to talk about a trade anymore. The two sides never got anywhere anyway. And then James Harden uh, comes out earlier today. This has been escalating behind the scenes all year. Now it is playing out in public. James Harden's goal is is to make the Sixers so uncomfortable mm. that they just decide that they cannot bring him back to training camp and they do a trade that they don't really want to do. Oh, and those are the type of comments, Woj, at least when I heard them this morning. For me, Danny, I said, whoa. Yeah. What was your reaction? There's not many things that shock me in this world, but to see a star player like James Harden call out by name Daryl Morey and speak it from his own right. You know, his own mouth. Usually you hear from sources, but to him speak it, you can tell he's agitated, he's upset, um, and it was shocking. I was very shocked by it, um, but I do see both sides. As a player, I'm always going to side with the player. Um, not just because I'm a player, but I also don't think he's wrong. If he was mm. promised something, I think you need to come 
through with that promise. Um, but I see the other side of it with Daryl Morey. I understand right. it's a business. And GMs, they make a lot of decisions quickly um, in the heat of the moment, and your mind is going to change, your emotions are going to change in different times, and I'm, maybe his hands are tied at this. Maybe he's not able to offer James the extension that he wants. Um, so I understand, Daryl. I understand James. Do I think this can be something that can be amended? Probably not. Um, but Daryl is going to have to meet him at least halfway to try to get to bring him into camp. I also don't see James as a guy that's going to come into camp right. um, and dog it. He's either not going to play, or when he does play, I see him being the professional that he is and, and, and giving his best. And, and, but I, I don't see him doing that. I think he's going to try to hold out. Well, we all remember how it went in Houston. Obviously, this is a different situation. I know Kendrick Perkins has thoughts on all this. So I want to bring him in now. Perk, what was your reaction when you heard what James Harden had to say? She said... Are you hungry, honey? Did you eat yet? Let me hang up your coat, your coat, your coat. Oh, we're still going. That's what, hey, listen, here's the thing. James Harden got into his Darnell D-man mode. It's the thin <laughs> line between love and hate. That's what we witnessing right now with Dale Moore and James Harden. But here's the fact. James Harden don't have any leverage. Mm. He don't have no leverage whatsoever. The Philadelphia 76 has got him tied up and strapped down like a person riding in the car with two seatbelts on. <laughs> he can't do nothing. First of all, the CBA, the new CBA, James Harden do not want to play with that. That plays into the 76ers' favor. He could get fined so much money that he probably could lose more than half of his salary. Second of all, on top of that, here's the thing. When it comes down to James, and you think about where he's at, if it was a real market for the money that he was trying to get, mm -hmm. he probably wouldn't have opted into his contract. Third of all, why would you add out Daryl Moore, a guy that probably value, high, high, value you higher than any other organization around the league? And they're gonna have so much money next season that if you just stay there and play your role and put up numbers like you did and help advance a little further, mm. you could get a nice payday. So at this point, although I want every player to get their letters, I feel like James Harden has no leverage whatsoever when it comes down to this situation. Hey, Perk, I got to say, I didn't bank on you. It wasn't on my bingo card that you'd be walking us through the CBA this morning. That's why Bobby Marks is sitting <laughs> alongside of us here. So, Bobby, is there anything that Perk didn't cover in terms of leverage, any penalties that James Harden or the Sixers could be facing, whether it's in the CBA or financial-wise? Well, tucked away, I think it's on page 400 of the CBA, Perk got is something called <laughs> withholding services. Mm. Now, if James Harden does not report to Philadelphia for more than 30 days and James Harden is going to be a free agent, well, he's not going to be a free agent because he is withholding services. And right. the only way he becomes a free agent is the Sixers agree to that. So that is the leverage that Perk is talking about. Certainly for James Harden, who's looking for that next contract, his best interest, you know, certainly besides financially, is to report to Philadelphia and play out this year and then go into free agency next offseason. So clearly Perk read all the way into the 400 pages. I appreciate that, Perk. But, but let's just play this out, right? Let's say Harden sits out. What are the implications, Bobby, on the Sixers roster going into next season? Here? Well, here's what's important. We brought the touchscreen out Ooh, in mid-August. Summer touchscreen. Yes. <laughs> now, this is the Sixers roster when we look at it. If we, if we can get, get out of it. If we can get out of that. There here we, we go. go. This is their roster. Oh, we're pulling right here. Back. One more time. One more time. There we go. This is their roster for next offseason here. Now, Tobias Harris and James Harden and Tyrese Maxey, that is not their salary. They're not under contract next year. But what they, whoa, <laughs> they have a 
cap hole. So for James Harden, which is at 49 million, and Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey at 13 million. Remember, the goal is not to extend Tyrese Maxey because he has such a low cap hold. They are not under the salary cap. So they need James Harden just as much as Philadelphia means. So if we remove them, so we're taking Harris off and James Harden off, all of a sudden mm. they have cap space. Now, if we said with the withholding services clause where basically they have the right to allow James Harden to become a free agent, well, by allowing them, they create cap space. But is that beneficial to both sides? And that's where it comes to working out some type of compromise here. Interesting. Listen, I, I think ultimately the leverage for James Harden uh, is to create an environment that Joel Embiid doesn't want to be a part of. Mm. That's, I think, his ability here to get what he wants to trade uh, is to simply, uh, whether it's by showing up in this team not doing well, if it's creating such an uncomfortable situation that Joel Embiid becomes even more frustrated with the state of affairs in Philadelphia. You're, you're, the clock is always running on an organization with a player of Joel Embiid's stature, of any star in the league, um, of them asking for a trade, of them not wanting to be a part of it anymore. And certainly, James Harden was a huge investment uh, for this organization. He's certainly Daryl Morey's guy going back to Houston. Remember, right. Daryl Morey inherited the Ben Simmons situation, hmm. uh, but certainly uh, James Harden was a player he was very close with, had a lot of history with. They trade for him, and I think if you are James Harden now and you can see this strategy now playing out in public, it's to create a situation that starts to unfasten things in Philadelphia, and that may be his way uh, to get a trade to get out of there. With that being said, I think that it's in Daryl's best interest to try to mend the situation. I think he will. Um, obviously, what James said has upset him. Um, well, he says he's unmoved by it, but I think they have a, a really good relationship. It's hard to not unmove anybody by the, those words, what he said. Mm. Um, so I think those things, it's, it's, a, it's an awkward situation right now. Feelings, emotions are high. Yep. But at the end of the day, I think they will have a sit down. They'll have a conversation. I think Daryl will try to find a way to meet him in the middle, um, whether it's giving a year or two extension if he's able to. Um, but they're going to figure out a way. Daryl's going to figure out a way to try to, to get James back on his side because that ultimately is his guy at the end of the day. And you certainly know a thing or two about the Sixers organization. A couple, a couple. We appreciate your eyes and ears on the ground here. Danny Woj, Bobby will be back with us in just a little bit. Still to come on NBA Today, has Team USA found their go-to guy in Jalen Brunson after two more wins against Slovenia and Spain? Danny Green and Big Perk, they have some thoughts that you're going to want to hear. Plus, Team USA wasn't the only group, right, to impress over the weekend. Why Canada is gearing up to be one of the biggest threats to the gold. Hmm. And, I mean, Wade County, it was in full effect at Saturday's Hall of Fame enshrinement. I had the chance to sit down with D. Wade as he reflected on his remarkable career. Don't go anywhere. NBA Today will be right back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to NBA Today. Back to NBA Today. Canada is going to offer some tough competition in the World Cup, but let's get to Team USA because they were dominant over the weekend. Jalen Brunson, we've talked about him, Danny Green, is potentially being the most important, certainly instrumental to this need team and he was doing just that in the yeah. game against Spain. He just controls the game, his pace, man. I know a thing or two of how hard it is to guard this guy but having to match up with him in the playoffs. Yeah. Him getting to his left hand, using pick and rolls, using his pace, his body, getting to his spots on the floor, getting everybody involved. He's just a master at his craft and he's just a, a, a tough guard, tough cover for anybody. Game high, 21 points, perfect 9 of 9 from the field for him. And then, hey, Tyrese Halliburton finding Mikhail Bridges for the three. I think this guy is one of the most important guys on this team. Mikel Bridges is one of the two-way players. Gets it done on both ends. Tyrese is another point guard, controls the pace, but I think Mikel is one of those guys that's going to be the X factor for them winning gold. We've certainly seen Anthony Edwards do acrobatic things thus far on the world stage, and he continued that in this one. Gets the block there, gets out in transition. Another two-way player. Gotta love that. Man. I love when I see guys playing defense and you know, get out on the break and then finish it. And clearly they're having a little bit of fun. USA wins it 98-88. to 88. But let's check in on Canada, as I mentioned, because they're looking pretty good. After a little hiccup early, they're getting rolling, and we're going to check on their game versus Canada. R.J. Barrett, though, that's who we're keeping an eye on early on, knocking down threes. He's been playing unbelievable. Stroking it from the outside, which you don't see at a consistent level or consistency from him. Uh, but him knocking down three ball, making 13-14, I think, from the field in one of the games he played in, um, showing that he's locked in and, and playing at a high level this summer and, and coming in to hopefully next season you know, at a different mentality. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander, we've talked about him as the best player on this roster. First team All-NBA is the reason why. You know, he's very crafty, he's good at what he does, scores mentality, push the pace, played many different you know, areas of the floor. It's an amazing talent. Barrett had a game-high 31 points in this one. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, he added 25 points. A little finish and flair here for Shea. And Canada gets the win 113 to 112. So I, I do think it's fair to say, right, that Canada, they, they might be the toughest competition in this World Cup. But I do want to get back to Team USA here as we say hello once again to our friend Kendrick Perkins. Because Jalen Brunson, he was the best player on the court versus Spain. And when the World Cup is over, are we going to be saying, Perk, that he is currently the best player on this roster? Not most important to this team, but the best player on the roster. Absolutely. And Steve Kerr basically said it when he called him the leader. He's the engine to this team. And at what point are we going to start actually putting Jalen Bronson in the same category with guys like, you know, Bradley Bill, Jalen Brown? We're talking about a guy outside of Team USA and representing for his country that helped the Mavs go to the Western Conference Finals that put the Knicks on his back last season and helped them get to the second round, went toe-to-toe with the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler. He, I believe he dropped, what, a 35-piece or a 40-piece in a couple of those games in that series. Like, he's a legit superstar caliber player that gets it done when it matters the most. And you could go to him 
in the fourth quarter when it's a possession by possession game. So this guy continuously get he continues to get better, and we have to start putting him in the conversation with the likes of the other young superstars around the league, just to be fair. I love his game. I do not like what he did to my Cleveland Cavaliers in the playoffs. But the most important player, yes, the best player, I would have to say either Mikel Bridges or Anthony Edwards. Um, just what they can bring to the table on both ends of the floor. Anthony Edwards, you know, raising his game another level defensively. Um, not just being a one-trick you know, pony, scoring on offense and shooting the ball, but him picking up his defensive play, getting out in, in the passing lanes, blocking shots, and doing the little things that they need him to do to grow into that mature star player. I think he could be the best player on this team. Yeah, I think since Richard isn't here, we're splitting hairs a little bit, Perk, because it seems like Anthony Edwards, right? He he could be the player that I, I think he may have the highest ceiling potentially on this team. I think that Jalen Brunson is the most important to this team. But then you're looking at evolution. Jaron Jackson Jr., this might be the summer for him. Yes. I'm loving the tones. Well, let, me let me challenge let me challenge y'all bo both, right? Okay, if you take Jalen Brunson off this squad, would you have a lot? Would you still have the confidence that this team could get no, it done? No, but that's, right the, now? that's the relative importance okay, to take, this team uh, versus like to their t and, NBA and, team that they're and, going back. Okay. But I feel you. And if you take Anthony, if you take Anthony Edwards off and you keep Jalen Brunson, we still would have a high level of confidence. Same with Mikael Bridges. He's the best player on Team USA. I'm going to let Jaylen you. I'm just going to let you sit over Touché, there and Perk. sip your tea. But I think we can all agree, if we're speaking of international hoops, we have an all-time great that we need to get to in terms of international players. Because inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame this weekend was Tony Parker, was Dirk Nowitzki, was Pau Gasol. All being honored, all being enshrined in Springfield this weekend. They have a combined seven championships between the three of them. So here's a little look back at some of the most memorable moments from the ceremony. It was just awesome. Good evening, good evening, everybody. It is truly an honor and a pleasure to be together with all of you again, celebrating our glorious game and recognizing some of the very best in basketball. I have a lot of French people in town, sorry. What a night, what a moment. Literally, I feel as though at times I was just snatched out of obscurity and put on this path that I could not have dreamt up on my own. And when you're 19 years old, coming from France, it's very scary when Tim Duncan looks at you. If I coached him now the way I did then, I would be in handcuffs. Uh, seriously, I would be behind bars, don't you think, Tony? Yeah. <laughs> We got traded for each other. <laughs> Crazy, I think we are the only brothers who ever got traded for each other. He uh, came to your first practice, he said, hey, uh, let's play some one-on-one, -on -one. I can play a little bit. So, of course, I drove left, like I always do, and I dunked it right on your head. And we came a long way from those two brutal haircuts we saw there, the frosted tips you had. Uh, I tried to think of a, a word that would describe what this might feel like. And it feels even, shush. This is unimaginable. 
Would you ever do the the Steve Nash frosted tips in 2023? I don't think no. The blonde is not for me. No, that's all right. We're gonna leave that back in the night. Okay. <laughs> um, you did play just eight seasons, all right, with Tony Parker. You won a title with him. What was he like as a teammate? I love Tony, man. Um, at times difficult, but they're for a reason. All of them. You know, he learned from Pop, and Pop was hard on him. He's also hard on me. So. Tony relayed that to his teammates. Um, you know, it was a lot of times where me and Kawhi, we were the younger guys, where we would play well, but, you know, come last, lack the days ago, not have a sense of urgency, and he would let us know. You know, if you don't execute, you don't win championships. And that would be in regular season games, not just the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So come fourth quarter, third quarter, you know, Tony, Tony had MVP years when I played with him there, um, but he would turn it up. He had a switch that was unbelievable. His speed, um, his leadership, um, he was just amazing. And I, and I love playing with the guy, and I'm sad I couldn't be there to celebrate it with him, but I'm happy for him and, and just uh, the rest of those people. I was blessed enough to be able to play with a lot of those people that were up there. Yeah. Pow. Becky was there, I played for, played for Pop. Uh, Timmy was there, so a lot of those guys, a lot of those greats, and I got a chance to play against D-Wade and Dirk. Yep. So, um, you know, I've had a great career to, to both say I shared the floor with those guys. Yeah, and don't worry, Timmy had like 150 people there to support him, so. Wow. Yeah, I, okay. I, think, I think you were cool. Perk, you played mm. against Dirk, what, 35 times? Can you think of an international player, we're talking about the first European-born player to win an MVP, who had a bigger impact on the game than Dirk? You know what, <clears throat> Dirk, we all know about the one-legged fadeaway. His mid-range was deadly, his tenacity, but I have to go with my notes. There you note. go, another spur. Him bringing the, Euro, him bringing the Euro step, Manu bringing the Euro step to, the, to America changed the game forever, mm. right? We seeing so many guys, right, bigs and smalls, they have their Euro uh, step in their package. And when you think about it, it was, okay, let's have layups. Now we have reverse layups. Now we have layups with the offhand on the same side or, like, things to that nature. But yeah. the Euro, that has changed the game forever. So I have to go with Mano Ginobili just because he bought that move to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to make a wrong choice there. I have to say, being there this weekend, um, one of the coolest assignments, one of my favorite assignments that I get to do all year is sitting down with the finals MVP because it's just like it's the player that is on the mountaintop in that moment like you don't see a guy mm -hmm. feeling more accomplished right than in that moment and this was it was my first one and it was that on steroids because it was like the pride of being at the pinnacle of your career with the added insight of perspective and looking back and Tony was saying how he went back through his first speech and watched all of these big moment games and they were just like radiating all weekend so absolutely congratulations to all of the inductees including our own Holly Rowe and Mark Spears congratulations that is a huge accomplishment and we're not done talking about it on our show today still to come we are just a couple of minutes away from my exclusive sit down interview with Dwayne Wade how he manifested everything that he was going to do all the way back in high school. And yeah, he even wrote it down in his yearbook. Don't miss that. And also our exclusive conversations. They keep on rolling. MVP, NBA champion, MVP, Dirk Nowitzki. He talks about his footprint and the impact he left on the game and his loyalty to Dallas. Plus, we have more coverage on the fallout between James Harden and Daryl Morey. What could be next with the regular season just over two months away? We're already at that point. Over two months yeah, away. Right there. Oh my goodness. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You're watching NBA Today. We had the same exact dream, and we carry the same exact name, Dwayne Tyrone Wade, to know we hustled all the way to the Basketball Hall of Fame. So, Pops, will you join me on stage as we take our rightful step into basketball heaven? This one is for my father. I love you, and I'm thankful for you. We in the Hall of Fame, dog. It's the genuine joy for me. Just an incredible moment for Dwayne Wade, for his father, for his family. He hosted a party actually the night before where he talked about getting to know his parents as people and not just as mom and dad. And I thought that that part of the journey that he shared with us, just a little sneak peek of, it was beautiful. It reminded me that that we all need to do that. I certainly need to with my parents. And so that's where we started our conversation, Dwayne and I, at the beginning of his basketball road when he wrote down in his high school yearbook back exactly what he intended for his career. Dwayne, senior year, Richards High School in Oaklawn, Illinois. Your yearbook quote, do you remember what it was? Yeah. I said that in 20 years, I will retire from the game of basketball as one of the greatest to ever play and spend time with my family. Three NBA championships, 13-time All-Star, a beautiful family. How do you think you did? I think I did exactly what I said I was going to do. <laughs> I retired at 37 years old. It was 20 years from when I, when I made that quote. You know, if you got some a dream, don't just keep it inside. You did exactly what you said you was going to do. I have some pride with that. Just a couple of days ago, Pat Riley said that you are the greatest to ever put on a Miami Heat jersey. What did it mean to you to hear that? Well, he's right. You know, I played there for almost 15 years. I put on for that city, and I gave everything you know, to the community. I gave everything to that game. I sacrificed everything that I, that I could to make sure that we reached the levels that we wanted to reach. It's no, it's no slight to anybody I am. Plus, I'm sure, I'm sure LeBron is saying, I think we're all good here. No, I think you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Allen Iverson is presenting you this weekend at the Hall of Fame. Why was it that you wanted to partner with Allen for such a special honor? I started thinking about, okay, I know the Hall of Fame is coming. Who are those individuals that I would want to, to present me? Who was the most impactful for me at certain times in my life? And outside of Michael Jordan, it was Allen Iverson. 
right? I'm a kid from the inner city, you know? And Allen Iverson represented us. He just broke the mold. And I wanted to be him. I, I was trying to get my crossover like him. I remember over and over in my driveway, I want to be like Iverson. I wear number three because of Iverson. He showed me, oh, I can do it my way. I can be me and still be great. And so I'm thankful for Allen Iverson. Dwayne Wade announced that he's joining the ownership group of the Chicago Sky. I think Dwayne Wade being a part of the organization could be a huge key. The investment you made in the Chicago Sky and the investments that you continue to make in women's sports, why was that so important to you? To be able to invest into that team, not just from, you know, not just from my pockets, but, you know, from my mind, you know, from my community efforts and my work from my relationships, uh, from my experiences. I want to be able to give the W everything that I've learned about this game. And if one thing that I can bring to the table can help elevate the WNBA so our women, the women's game can be the greatest sports game in the world, that's how it should be. They deserve that. But I don't look at this as, you know, like a business venture, right? I look at this as this is, this is my duty. Like, I'm a hooper. Like, I support the game of basketball, and this is the game of basketball, and I'm lucky to have the opportunity to call myself an investor into this game. It's a pretty storybook career when you look at the fact that we, we were just talking in the break. He was able to play for his hometown team, even briefly. He was able to win multiple championships with the Miami Heat. Some of his best friends. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's pretty incredible. You played against him many, many, many times. Memories that stand out? Good, bad, yeah. ugly? Uh, some good ones, some bad ones. He definitely took one away from me. Son of a gun. Um, I could have had an extra ring and possibly a final finals MVP. You never know. But uh, battling him, I learned so much. Um, just his competitive edge. Um, and I just admired him um, from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. You know, me and Kawhi, Pop always instilled in us a defensive side of the floor. So that way he took and approached the game on that side of the floor, being one of the best defensive guards at his position, blocking shots. Uh, obviously, I wasn't able to score as well as he could have. Um, so I took it upon myself to try to be like him defensively. Uh, but to be able to watch him share those moments with his dad, with Allen Iverson, guys that he looked up to. Yeah. Um, it's fairy tale stuff that you were just, you know, jealous and envious yeah. of, which I can hopefully one day end it on my own terms and do it the way he did it. Absolutely. When you talk about best shooting guards of all time, it's hard not to at least give him a nod toward that consideration. Oh, yeah. Top three for sure. And then when you Top look five. at the <laughs> when you look at the work that he's doing after, continuing to invest in basketball, continuing to invest in women's basketball, all of the steps that he's taken with his family toward LGBTQ equality. It's really remarkable what Dwayne Wade has been able to do on and off the court. And speaking of the WNBA, we got more for you. Our WNBA matchup on ABC on Saturday. It's Asia Wilson and the Aces. They have the league's best record. They host NECA, Gumake, and the Sparks. Coverage tips with WNBA Countdown at 2.30 Eastern. Coming up on NBA Today, you should. It's fun. Roll through. D-Wade, he was arguably the best rookie class ever. But could Victor, Chet, Scoop, could they live up to some of the expectations? Interesting. All right, let's talk about it when we come back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. All right, it's time for us to take a little trip. Let's go coast to coast, and we're going to start in Indiana, where Brianna Stewart's Tarek continued. Yesterday, she poured in 42 points, became the first WNBA player ever to record three 40-point games in one season. The Liberty won this one. Danny, just how impressive is that for Stewie? That's unbelievable. So considering the people we just named when we were talking off air, you know, Becky Hammond just went into yeah. the Hall of Fame. Sue Bird. Done it. Sue Bird. E.T. Deanna Taurasi. Say it. These, all these names. Maya Moore. Incredible. Sticking with the W here, Asia Wilson and the Aces, they took down the Dream 86-65. to Wilson scored 21, which passed her head coach and Hall of Famer Becky Hammond for second on the all-time franchise scoring list. So, Perk, Asia, the best player on the best team. Is she the MVP this season? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Do you see what she's doing, the complete package, and doing it in dominant fashion? Absolutely, she's the best. I mean, MVP. Well, speaking of uh, dominant, we got a little Chet Holmgren, Kevin Durant video making its way around social media. Chet has drawn plenty of comparisons to the all-world forward prior to this season's open, uh, the summer's open run, rather. And then remember, Chet coming off a season-ending foot injury that kept him sidelined all of last season. So since we're talking about rookies here, uh, I wonder if you guys saw Wembenyama. He has a little bit of a new hairdo. Uh, he's going with the Jeremy Sohan look in this one. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to show it or not, but here we go. Perk, we rocking this? Coming up? Is that up? real? See, that's the thing. It's like, is it a filter? Uh, is mean, it real? <laughs> I can't tell anymore, man. You know what? I, 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 I can't. I'm young I, can't, and I still don't get the I mean, I never somebody feel it. Get your swag up. You know if what? It's that look, damn it, that's for you. Get your swag up. All right, Victor has the shortest odds to win Rookie of the Year at minus 120. That's according to Caesar Sportsbook. He leads the 2022 number two uh, overall pick, Chet Holmgren, who is at plus 250. You can see the full lineup there. Um, but since we're talking about prospects, I want to move on to the amateur ranks, where top prospect Cooper Flagg announced that he's going to reclassify to the class of 2024 for high schools from the 2025 class. Now, he is widely considered the number one prospect in either class. So this has a big impact on both the 2025 and 2026 draft classes here. Woj, what are you hearing from around the league? What is Flagg's potential here? Yeah, Cooper Flagg is really at this point a consensus number one overall pick in that 2025 NBA draft. Duke is believed to be the front runner Mm. for him. Gets him into the NBA draft a year earlier. But this is a player, go back and watch tape of him last year. Uh, the under-17 World Championships in the United States. He dominated the tournament as a 15-year-old, really without scoring the ball. What makes him unique is his ability to guard all five positions, block shots, defend uh, his passing ability, and now you've seen his offense really develop here, his three-point shooting, his spot-up shooting, uh, a ball handling, seven-foot wingspan on a six-foot-nine player, I think Cooper Flagg is just a a very unique player and a player that I think people are still trying to figure out what his position would be Mm. in the NBA. 
Uh, but at 16 years old, this is a player who, uh, you know, people are really watching his growth. And you're just seeing him dominate as a young player in ways. Usually it starts offensively, and you see guys develop defensively. Uh, but Cooper Flagg is someone who uh, I think is going to be uh, an impact player in the NBA when he lands uh, in that draft, presumably uh, after one season in college basketball. And we have a player from Maine. Have we seen that? Th that's what's really unique. There have not even been many Division I players from Maine. There have been some. But for a, from a small town in Maine, yep. for this player to come out, he's playing at Mount Verde in Florida, you know, a high-profile high school program, and that makes his story even more unique. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. I think he's a name that we're going to be saying a whole lot over the next year as we march toward the draft perk. I know you have your ear to the ground on all things high school basketball. What are you hearing about Cooper Flag? <laughs> you know, his position was a franchise player. <laughs> this kid is everything. I mean, you could watch him on television. You could have watched him this past summer on television. They had all every one of his games on when he was playing down there. Made hoops, I believe it was. But here's the thing, right? When I look at a guy like Cooper Flag, first of all, kudos to him for actually reclassing up. We see so many elite players now in AAU that's actually reclassing the other way like that's going to help them or help them get to the NBA is not. So kudos to him for taking that leap. But this kid is going to be everything. I mean, he could dominate in every form of fashion. And the thing that I love about him the most is that he's a dog. See, a lot of people don't know this, but when you go and you work out for a team and you're getting ready for the draft and they go and they interview you, they're not trying to see if you're smart. They're not trying to see if you can read. They're trying to see what type of mentality you have. GMs are looking for dogs, not just skills, but they want some pit bulls hitting the ground. <laughs> they want some ones that's going to be growling, and he's that. He's not running from no competition, and he wants to see it all. He's, a, he's definitely a special player, a unicorn. It was hard for anybody to think of a comparison, uh, but me and Woj was offset talking about it. And it is somebody that kind of see a little bit of uh, on the defensive side, which I love about him, is Andre Karolinko. Mm. But on the offensive side, I'm kind of showing my age mm. here, and people might remember these guys. But uh, you guys know Chandler Parsons, Chase Buttinger, those type of guys, we those type of hybrid. players, a uh, little hybrid. So if you put all three of those guys together, I see this, which is a special franchise player, as you would say, Perk, uh, a unicorn of a player, and it's hard to find any comparison today of what he can do at this level. Yeah, absolutely, a special player coming into the NBA, it feels like, imminently at this point. All right, coming up on NBA Today, we're going to look back now that we've looked forward how Dirk Nowitzki came up with a signature shot and who he felt made the greatest impact on his Hall of Fame career. We hear from Dirk in an exclusive interview coming up next. You're watching NBA Today. Hey, I'm Dirk Nowitzki. I play small forward for the Dallas Mavericks. Take one. Dirk with that patented one-legged step-back jump shot. I mean, it was an unbelievable journey. It's been crazy how fast it's flown by. Dirk Nowitzki, fitting of an MVP. Now looking back with pride. The Mavericks have scaled the NBA mountain. Nowitzki sealing the deal. Elevating his status amongst the NBA's greats. The all-time Mavericks scoring leader, Dirk Nowitzki. 25,000. Here it is. Dirk Nowitzki, 30,000 points. The wait is over. 
Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for taking in a long, lanky kid over 20 years ago and, and making him one of your own. I'll be always grateful. Dirk Nowitzki was enshrined into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame on Saturday without the um, hoop earring. Dirk spent 20 seasons with the Dallas Mavericks, bringing them a championship in 2011. And I had the opportunity to speak with Dirk about his journey prior to his induction. Nowitzki turnaround jumper. He banked it in this time off the left foot, spinning away. I don't know how anybody in the universe could stop that. There's only a small group of players at such an elite club that get enshrined in the Basketball Hall of Fame, and there's even fewer that come in with a signature shot, the one-legged fadeaway. I feel very humbled that guys think that that's a good shot, and it, it, uh, they all made it part of their, their repertoire. That's really all I was trying to do. I was getting older in, in my career, and all the, I couldn't do all the driving. You lose a step, and then uh, I wanted to find a way to still score an efficient clip. Bradley finds Nowitzki, who comes up shooting, and he's got his first big league field goal. In 1998, most people would have looked at you. You said you were skinny, and they would have said, bulk up. Get in the paint, back to the basket. What was it about you? Who did you run into along the way that allowed you to, to create this new prototype? Well, I think it was, I was fortunate to, to have Don Nelson as my first coach. You know, he was, um, he just saw the game different. He, um, he was a mismatch master and, you know, he loved uh, shooting threes. He loved spreading the floor. He loved pick and roll games. So in a way, it just worked perfectly for me. And the Mavericks will do it. They are the NBA champions! In 2011, you become an NBA champion. Take us inside the before and after, and maybe how it even changed the way you look at your career once you could call yourself a champion. I think it was a huge confidence boost more than anything. You know, as every time, uh, you know, in the media, I was, I was kind of timid because I know I didn't deliver the big shot. So. And then I remember when once we won the championship the following year, I went to the All-Star game and you know, you do that little media circuit and talk to everybody. And everyone's like, you're a little different now. You got a little more umph to your interviews. You got a little more swag. I just think it, 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 it got us, you know, a little, little huge stone of my chest that was kind of wearing me down. Two decades an entire career with one franchise is such a rarity. What is something about you now that your family in Germany, your family in Sweden is like, no, that's his Dallas showing. That's, that's not something that we instilled in him. I wasn't sure whether I was going to be there for, for this long. It just kind of honestly, naturally developed. It developed and, and obviously the community and then Mark buying the team and he was uh, sort of my supporter, so it was kind of it kind of fit perfect. And then I, you know, once we won the championship, I always knew I was going to finish my career there. I'm proud to say I played my my whole career there. So here's a look at some of the many, many accomplishments in Dirk's illustrious career. He scored over 31,500 points, the sixth most in NBA history. He also became the first European-born player to win the league MVP. 
Here's something else that has nothing to do with her Dirk, but it's a lot of fun. The Slam Ball Summer Schedule. It finishes up on Thursday night with the championship game at 11 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. And plus, it's part basketball. It's part football. It's part hockey. It has a cage. It has trampolines. And now it has a trophy. All right, I'm sold. I'll be tuning in. All right, next on NBA Today, James Harden, he called Daryl Morey a, quote, liar and said that he'd never be a part of an organization that he, meaning Morey, is a part of. So who will blink first? That discussion in 60 seconds. I'm told that James Harden is seriously considering a return to Houston. I'm here. We're, we're playing very, very well. And yeah, I don't know where that report came from. Can Philadelphia win without Embiid? Sizing up Harper. It's a three. What a perfect way to end the second round. Game seven between the Celtics and the Sixers. This is disappointing. A disappointing ending for the season. Our season is over, so sums it up right there. He has the option to be a free agent. Scenario A would be to bring James back. The Houston Rockets lose a, a real suitor in free agents. When James Harden wants to get traded, he typically doesn't stop until he gets what he wants. Harden said this, Daryl Morey is a liar and I will never be part of an organization that he's a part of. Okay, so those last comments were what James Harden said today at a press event in China. So he's definitely drawn a little bit of a line here in terms of his trade demands. So let me start with you here, Woj. I guess my question is, where do we go from here? Well, listen, really the next, I think, uh, marking point in this is the start of training camp in September. And I think there's both sides have something to lose in this. James Harden wants another you know, significant contract elsewhere in the NBA beyond this season. To do that at 34 years old, which will be when the season starts, you've got to show you can still perform at a high level. The Sixers, they are trying to uh, somehow maximize this window with Joel Embiid and try to win a championship, keep Joel Embiid on board, and they need James Harden right now to do it. They saw in the trade market they can't get value back for him right now. They can't extend him on his contract because he opted in. Uh, certainly, uh, there's leverage on both sides, as Bobby Mark said earlier. Uh, but uh, I think for James Harden, for the Sixers, is there a way that he can, they can coexist, that he can get to training camp uh, and start to play, or even if he's not there for the start of camp when the season starts? But there's no question that the relationship between yeah. Daryl Morey, James Harden, has been obliterated. That was even before uh, uh, this, uh, these latest comments from James Harden. This has been brewing all summer. And it feels like until we get to training camp, until there's a little bit more information here, Perk, we're just guessing. But if you had to put some money down on it, if you were thinking through this, who's going to blink first in this showdown? Is it that James Harden, you expect him to be back with the Sixers or that they're going to find a way to move on from him? It's going to be James Harden. The only blinking that Daryl Morey has to do is making sweet eyes at his wife, the owners, and Joel and B. That's the only blinking he has to do. Listen, at this point, James Harden is not 25 years old no more. James Harden is in his late, uh, is in the middle of his 30s, coming up on the tail end of his career. At the end of the day, what are you looking for? I said this earlier in the show, and I'm going to say it again right now. No other GM around the league hmm. values James Harden the way that Daryl Moore does. If James Harden is out there searching and looking for a, a big max contract with four or five years, that's not going to happen. So at the end of the day, his best bet 
is to make sure he stays with the Philadelphia 76ers, come in with the right mindset, the right attitude, play alongside Joel yeah. Embiid, continue to dominate in that pick and roll, and get his bag next summer with the 76ers. Otherwise, he could possibly be looking at nobody on this panel thought that Russell Westbrook would be making, what, three and a half, four million dollars this year after almost making close to 50. The NBA moves on, man. They don't need nobody. Right. They're going to continue to move on, continue to build in their youth. But as Woj said, right, there are things to be lost on both sides here, whether it's James Harden, who is aging in this league and wants to prolong his career as long as possible, or it's the 76ers who are trying to maximize this window with Joel Embiid. So in 15 seconds after that soliloquy from Kendrick Perkins, Danny, do you think who needs it more, Harden or the 76ers? I think it's more Harden. Um, and I agree with Perk. I think they, they have to have a sit down. They have to get this settled at some point. Um, the market is tough for James right now, uh, looking for a trade. I think he has to figure out a way to, to make amends with Darryl, come into camp like a professional, and play out the year. That's going to do it for us. NFL Live is coming up next. We're going to see you tomorrow for a very special show. We have some reveals you're not going to want to miss. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.